thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not trying to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. From the top of my to head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We're so glad you're with us today for Jesus the Healer. I tell you what, the Word is worth every bit of attention we give it and more. Amen, because it will take your life and set it right on course and give you the best life. We have been teaching on the mind because a sound mind belongs to us in Christ. Amen. And we have food for a sound mind. It's called the Word. And the more we feed on the Word, the sweeter life becomes because we begin to think more and more as God thinks. And that's where the blessing is when we think like Him. Listen, this Word is God offering us His thoughts. It would benefit us to take them. <laughs> I mean, if, since God is offering us His thoughts, who would say, oh, no, thank you, I got my own. It's like, <laughs> that's your problem, yeah. is you got your own. That's why you got the problems right in life, because you, you took your own. And so God gives us His thoughts, and so uh, the, the sound mind takes them. Amen. And as I said, uh, a sound mind belongs to us in Christ. Healing belongs to us. Redemption, all these wonderful things that belong to us in Christ. But I tell you what, don't leave out a sound mind. It also belongs to us in Christ. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 has been our golden verse that we've been going to in these episodes. In teaching on the mind, we so appreciate that the Word tells us, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power or anointing and authority. And he's given us uh, love, his love, and a sound mind. Aren't you glad to know that? The Amplified Translation says about the sound mind that a sound mind is a calm mind. It is a well-balanced mind. It's a disciplined mind and it's a controlled mind. And so it's our job to make sure with this sound mind that he's given us that we treat it right. We cannot, having this sound mind, we can't just treat it any way we want to. We have to make sure that we're taking in the right ways of thinking, the right thoughts Mm -hmm. into that sound mind. Amen. We've been teaching on something that the Spirit of God told us is that years ago, the Spirit of God was uh, moving in a service and he said to me, there's three primary ways, not the only ways, but the three primary ways that a believer can open the door to the enemy. See, we're redeemed. We're redeemed. We're redeemed from the hand of the enemy. We're we're redeemed from the kingdom of darkness. We've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. And so uh, the, the enemy seeks to steal from us everything God has ever blessed us with. But we have to make sure that we are standing our ground against the enemy. And so God said to me, there are three primary ways that believers can open the door to the devil or give place to him. 
Now, just because you opened the door to the devil doesn't mean you came back under the flow of the curse. We're redeemed from the curse. But Paul said in Ephesians 4, 27, neither give place to the devil. So if we gave the devil a place, either in our mind, in our body, in, in our life, in our marriage anyway, we, we can take back the place we gave him. Yes. Amen. Amen. And sometimes we recognize when we feed on the word or when we hear a sermon, we go, oh, I shouldn't have done that or I should correct that. Well, you, you can do that because you're an authority over your life. Yes. Amen. God's made you the custodian of your own life yes. over your body, over your mind. And so the word tells us what to do with our mind. And the, the thing that when the spirit of God said, there's three primary ways that believers give place to the devil or open the door to the devil. He said, number one is through the loss of peace. What's that mean? They stepped outside of peace. Mm-hmm. Number two, they didn't yield to the peace that was in them. Rather, they yielded to a different flow. Mm-hmm. Number two, he said, they opened the door to the devil when they veer from the plan of God for their life. God said to me years ago, make my people to know that long life is connected to my plan. Amen. Amen. When we stay in the flow of long, uh, of the plan of God, we stay in the flow of long life. We stay in the flow of prosperity where all these things are readily available to us. And then we also, he said, the third thing that opens the door to the enemy is lack of gratitude. And who would have really realized the place, the importance of that? Because when you're grateful for something, you're mindful of it. And when you're mindful and you're grateful, really praising God and, and, and uh, expressing gratitude is a flow of faith. It's yes. the voice of faith. So you're releasing your faith over that arena that you're being thankful for and grateful for. And when, when, when you're watching over an arena with your faith, the enemy can't steal from you. Yes. Amen. Now, I want to go back to the first thing that he told us when he said the primary way that people open the door to the devil is through the loss of peace. So we were looking at, excuse me, Philippians chapter four and verse six. On the previous episode, we were reading this. The King James translation says, be careful for nothing. In other words, don't worry about nothing. (laughs) Nada, right? The Amplified Classic says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Why is that? Because worry closes the door to the power of God. God doesn't cut off the power. We close the door to the power where it can't reach our need, so to speak. And when we cooperate with worry, we have have left faith. We're not using the faith that we have when we're in in worry. Not only that, always notice that when you're worrying, you can't hear God. Why? Because uh, worry is not the flow that God works in. Uh, Then 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 says, casting all your care upon him. Why do we cast it on him? The next phrase tells us, for he cares for us. In other words, he'll take care of that. What we put in his hands is what he can work on. If we keep it in our hands, he can't work on it. He can't. Can you work on something that somebody else has got their hands on? You can't, right? You have to take it out of your hands and put it into his hands. If you're worrying, that's a sign that it's in your hands and you're trying to fix it. Through that mental arena of worry, you're trying to fix it. So worry is a sign that it's in your hands and not in his. Well, Pastor Nancy, what do I do? I cast it over on him. Amen. I say, Father, I can't fix this. You can So I put it in your hands. Since it's in your hands, it's no longer in mine. 
I can't worry, I'm not worrying about it because worrying doesn't fix it. Your ability is what fixes it. That's right. So I'm going to leave it in your hands. Amen. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. We're going to read what Jesus had to say about this. How many of you think Jesus knew what he was talking about, right? Yeah. So in Matthew 6, 25, when he's giving us this instruction, do you know that he's showing us how he operated? Yes. This is an instruction to us. He's revealing how he operated. Verse 25, Matthew 6, 25, the King James says, Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Now we know how he operated. He didn't take any thought for his life. Then he goes on and he says, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for the body, what you shall put on. So he's saying, don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about what you drink. Don't worry about the clothing you put on. Now you say, well, Pastor Nancy, those aren't very big things. Well, there's something you do every day. So he's saying the things that you do that are part of your everyday life, don't worry about them. Now, really, uh, the, the least important thing we do is what clothes we're going to wear that day, what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink. There are other things that are more weighty in life that we handle, right? The raising of children, the responsibilities of life that are so much more greater than that in, in, in importance. So he's saying, take no thought for your life all the way down to the least important, which is what you eat, drink, or wear. So if he doesn't want us worrying about the things that are least important in our day, how much he doesn't want us worrying about the things that are of greater importance. Amen. Amen. I want you to see verse 32. Matthew 6, verse 32. Jesus said, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Mm -hmm. How do they seek it? Through their human effort, through their thought life, their worries. I like what one translation said, and I can't remember which one off the top of my head, but it says, after all these things, when it says, do the Gentiles seek? It said, after all these things, do those who don't know God go after. See, when you know God, you don't make these things part of your everyday attention. Amen. You don't, you're not worried about these things. Why? I know God. And he's saying those, this is what the Gentiles, those without a covenant, those who don't know God, this is what they're tending to. And he's saying what Gentiles tend to, you got no business touching. Why? Because you have a covenant that deals with every bit of those needs. Amen. Amen. That's why we don't worry. We have a father who we are in covenant with. Amen. Amen. So verse 32, it says, for after all these things do the Gentiles or those who don't know God. This is what they, this is what they, they give their attention to. But your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things. Sometimes it's just wonderful in the midst of circumstances that arise to just lay back on your pillow at night and said, my father knows. He knows. And what assurance and certainty and rest that brings to us. Father, you know, so I'm going to let you handle all this about my life that you know about. That just because he knows doesn't mean we don't release our faith. We enter into the rest of faith. Faith is a rest, but the rest of faith doesn't mean inactive faith. 
we release our faith. Father, I, I thank you that you're working on it. You know about all these situations. I thank you that you're working on it because I put them in your hand and I keep them there and I'm not taking it back into my own hands. Yeah. Amen. Now look at verse 33. But you, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now see verse 32, he's telling us Gentiles are seeking the natural daily necessities of life. That's what Gentiles are tending to. But verse 33, now, but as a child of God, this is what we're to tend to. But you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. See, when you put the things that are, are particular to his kingdom, when you're paying attention to him and his flow and how he moves and how he operates, his way of doing things, his way of doing and being right, when you're putting that first, you become a magnet for all the things you need. All the things you need are added to you. Why? Because tending to him and his kingdom and what he's doing and what's on his heart and what we're a part of his great plan, we become a magnet to all the things that we need in life and they're added to us. We don't have to, we don't get there by worry. Amen. We get there by tending to the right thing. And when we tend to the right thing, all that we need shows up. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I so appreciate now in verse 27 of this passage, Mark 6, verse 27, Jesus said, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto your stature? In other words, he says, because you thought about it, you didn't get taller. (laughs) When you think about, boy, I wish I was taller, that didn't add any height to you. In other words, where am I going to get the money? Doesn't add any money to you. Where am I going to get this? It doesn't add anything to you. Amen. No one worried or thought about being taller, went to sleep and woke up and were taller. It didn't work for them. Worrying didn't work about, didn't work for you. So he's saying no more than thinking about getting, getting taller will work for you. Uh, Worrying about these things won't add them to you. Mm -hmm. Amen. Let me say, let me say this. The more you worry about money, the more you talk about the lack of money, it keeps it from coming. It keeps it from coming. Amen. The more you worry about your body, talk about your symptoms, about what you're facing, it keeps healing from flowing. It's important. That's why he says, take no thought. When you think in the wrong direction, it doesn't just trouble your life, trouble your mind. It steals from the flow of God that belongs to your life. Amen. Now I want you to look at verse 31 because we're jumping around in this passage that Jesus said. Verse 31, Matthew 6, verse 31, Jesus made this statement. He said, therefore, take no thought, take no thought, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Notice he said, take no thought. And then he asked three questions. Couldn't we say it this way? Don't take the thought by getting in the mental arena and start getting entrenched in questions. Questions are of the mental arena. You understand that? Questions are of the natural arena. Do you know there's no questions in God's realm? Not a question. (laughs) There are no questions. Why? Because he is all answers. He is all wisdom. He is all knowledge. There is no questions with God. 
It's all answers. It's all answers. So he's saying that when, in verse 31, when you're taking a thought, you know what you're going to end up doing? You're going to get, in, you're going to get into that mental arena and you're going to get into the arena of questions. Questions unsettle you. Questions steal your peace. How is this going to happen? How is that going to happen? Where are we going to get the money? How is this going to come to pass? Get out of questions. Faith has no questions. Faith has answers. Amen. Just don't go there. Listen, when my husband in 2013 went home suddenly to be with the Lord, that's one of the first things I said to my kids. I said, don't you start asking questions. Don't you start asking, what could we have done? Why, where did we miss it? Why did this happen? I said, don't you get into that arena. That's the mental arena. You get in the mental arena and that's the enemy's arena. He'll beat you there. He'll whip you in that arena. And I said, that's the arena of depression, grief, and sorrow. Don't you get into that flow. Don't get into questions. You just rest in your father and say, our father's taking care of us. And what we need to know, he'll let us know. Amen. Trust him to bring you into the knowledge that you need, but you're not going to get there by getting entrenched in the mental arena and all these questions. Amen. Asking a lot of questions and trying to figure things out, hold you in the mental arena and hold you away from the faith arena. Faith is in your spirit. There's not faith in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Now you can, you can take on the thoughts of the mind to where your thoughts agree with the word. Your thoughts agree with the faith that's in your spirit. But faith resides in the heart of man, the spirit of man. That's why the devil is always trying to draw you into the mental arena because he's trying to get you away from your faith. Yeah. Yeah. Because he knows in the faith arena, you whip him. Every circumstance he loses when you're operating in faith. And that's why he wants to, he wants to bombard you with one question after another because he can draw you into that mental arena and away from the faith arena. Amen. Don't try to figure everything out. You know, when there were a lot of things that, uh, a lot of things we had to resolve at my husband's home going, but I knew I wouldn't resolve them by getting in the question arena, the mental arena. Amen. I had to stay in my spirit. I had to stay in the faith arena. I had to quiet my mind. I had to say, I'm not going to think about that. You know, what about the ministry? What about the finances? I mean, there was, there were a lot of things that we had to tend to. And I just wouldn't let my mind go to what if, what if, when, how I wouldn't let myself go there. That's called practicing peace. That's called practicing faith too. Amen. If you become occupied with the unknown things of life, you'll get into worry. There's a lot of unknowns around our life, but rest in this. The one you belong to knows it all. So just because you don't know it, it doesn't mean you're not safe. You're safe because the one you belong to knows it all. And he doesn't need you getting into the know it all. (laughs) He'll let you know what you need to know. But this is what happens so many times. People start getting entrenched in what they don't know. And they start worrying about what they don't know. Let me give you this piece of information. It'll bless your life. Just do everything you do know. And trust him to bring you into what you need to know. But you don't get into what you need to know by questions and by worry. Amen. Amen. That's what faith is for, the unknown. And the devil will try to draw you in that mental arena because it's the unknown. You don't have to know everything before you just cooperate with God, before you obey what he's leading you to do. You don't have to know everything. 
All you have to know is what is he telling you to do on the next step. You don't even have to know the next two steps, the next five steps. You just need to know the next one step. That's right. That's right. Amen. So if you become occupied with the unknown things of life, the enemy will draw you out of faith. But your faith is for the unknown. We walk by faith. Why? And the thing is, as I said, it's not unknown to God. So we're still safe because the one who's guiding us, the one who's leading us knows it all. And he's bringing us into what he knows. Amen. Uh, Worry and doubt focuses on questions, but faith trusts and rests on God knows the answers. And he'll bring me into what I need to know. Amen. Amen. Now, Abraham was called by God to leave his home leave his family, leave the region he was born in and raised in to move into the unknown. You know, it was God's plan to move him into the unknown. Unknown to him, but not unknown to God, right? He spent the rest of his days following God into the unknown every day, every day, because he was living and moving by faith. The devil wants to get you in the middle middle arena of questions because then you'll quit moving with God. That if you don't know what the answer is, you won't go forward. That's not faith. God wants you to take the step he told you to take, whether you know or not what's connected to it. Amen. He never again entered into the arena of the known, Abraham. From there on, he moved with God into the unknown and God moved him into a land that that his offspring would inherit. Why? Because one man was willing to go into the unknown untroubled. Unconcerned. Amen. God didn't give him a map. God didn't say, this is where you're going. See, a map shows him where he's, it eliminates the unknowns. God didn't give him a map. God said, every day I'll lead you. Every day I'll lead you. And so he would uh, follow God and uh, God would say, okay, pick up your tent stakes and move. And he'd start moving. He didn't know where he was going. And he just kept moving. God say, camp here. And then uh, several days later, move here. And he just moved with God in the unknown. What a life. life. (laughs) It's the best life. Look at me, look with me at Hebrews chapter 11. Mm -hmm. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse eight. And I'm going to read out the Amplified Translation. I love this about Abraham. What a blessing, blessing, blessing. Yes. Hebrews chapter 11, because it shows us how God, how God leads us. Uh-huh. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8, the Amplified Classic says, urged on by faith. No, notice this, not urged on by knowledge. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Urged on by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed. And he went forth to a place which he was destined to receive as an inheritance. And he went, although he did not know or trouble his mind about where he was to go. Mm-hmm. Worry is you troubling your mind. Yeah. And you say, no, well, the devil offered me that. Yeah, but he couldn't, he couldn't have, he could not have inserted that into your mind without your agreement. (laughs) Amen. Let's just be plain about it. We're troubling our minds when we worry. We're not troubled because the the enemy offers us thoughts. We're troubled because we took them. So we're authorized not to take them. Amen. Amen. 
It doesn't say that he, Abraham knew everything about where he was going. He did not. Mm -hmm. It says, although he did not know. That's what we know about Abraham. He didn't know. Yeah. Or trouble his mind about where he was to go. In other words, he just obeyed every single day what God told him to do yes. that day. Right. Just do what God tells you to do. You don't have to know about next year. You don't have to know about five years from now. Just do what he's telling you to do today. Why? Because as you become skillful in faith, you become skillful in following. Following him into the unknown. Amen. Do you have faith to move forward into the unknown? Well, if you'll yield to the faith that's in your heart, you can. Amen. Hallelujah. We're to stay focused on the one who knows. Don't focus on the questions. And remember, that's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. This is how the Gentiles think. Where's it going to come from? How are we going to get it? Get into all those questions. Uh, your mind is not your help. Your help comes from the greater one within, and he's leading you. Amen. Amen. Like I said, there's no questions in God. It's all answers in God. All answers in God. Faith does not mean the absence of questions. Faith means we're not going to entertain them. We're not going to get entrenched in questions. When's this going to happen? How's God going to do it? Uh, all of that will erode your faith, weaken your faith, eat away at it. Amen. Instead, we're not to worry about anything because we said worry doesn't add anything. Asking all those questions does not move you into answers. Instead, what are we going to do? We're going to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Seek first. Put spiritual things first. Put the Word first. Amen. Amen. Helping further what God's doing. Let's just be occupied about what God's doing, what God's saying today. Do what God is dealing with us about. Do you know that God's dealing with us about something every single day? All the time. Why? Because He's bringing us into the fullness of the stature of Christ. And so, in other words, he's helping us to mature and grow up, become fully developed spiritually. So he's always dealing with us about something. Do this, correct that, uh, implement this, remove that. Uh, Let's just deal with, let's just address what we already know that he's telling us to do. Not borrow things uh, from the unknown. What about this? Well, God, what about that? Just follow what he's dealing with you about today. And I tell you what, you'll come into a place of flourishing faith, strong faith. Amen. Well, these are some of the things we're teaching out out of my book, A Sound Disciplined Mind. It'll be a blessing to you to hear these things over and over. So we invite you to get your copy. You can go to DufresneMinistries.org and you can get your copy of that and we'll send that right out to you. But I tell you what, as I said, a sound mind belongs to you. And we're so grateful for these times of teaching so that we can understand the way a sound mind behaves and what it will cooperate and what it won't cooperate with. Amen. Well, we're so glad you joined us today. Make sure you join us next time in Remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual ladies' conference at Wood Harvest Church in Marietta, California, October 4th through the 6th. 
Everyone is welcome to attend. For more information, visit our website at defrainministries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrainministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.